Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, more of the same. Um, for a moment, for a couple of days, you thought, well, maybe they'll finally put together their first four-game winning streak of the season. Um, we've been fooled countless times this year. They have had eight three-game winning streaks. They've had zero four-game winning streaks. Padres fall behind 8-1. Rich Hill was flat-out awful. Um, to their credit, with no moral victories, they pulled back in this game. And then, as they've been all year, the most unclutched team, essentially in baseball history, just finding ways to lose close games. I think they've lost now eight consecutive games decided by one or two runs. If not for a ball that hits an umpire on a double steal, the Padres potentially tie the score. Like, think about that. Maybe not, but potentially. um, One run would have easily scored to make it 9-8 in the eighth inning. And potentially... The runner that was at second comes around to score on that ball that ends up in left field. Potentially, that's probably unlikely, but a run would have scored. Does that change things? We will never, ever know. And then the Padres in the ninth inning, two on, nobody out. I mean, think about the opportunities they had. And you could look at it one of two ways. I mean, teams are 1-374 and this year when trailing by seven or more runs in baseball. There's only been one team to overcome a seven-run deficit. Nobody's overcome a deficit larger than that. So, okay, the Padres get back into it. Great. But then they had the opportunities that they had in the eighth and ninth inning and just could not capitalize and could not cash in. And that's just who they are, right? Um, Second and third, one out in the eighth. Machado, Chad, this is for you. Rip up the contract, Chad. Um, Machado strikes out with one out, runners to second and third. And then Xander Bogart's weekly grounds out to first. And then the ninth inning, first and second, nobody out against Alvarado. And he gets out of it unscathed. And the Padres fall. 9-7, to seven, and we're left once again scratching our heads as to what on earth has happened to this team. And there's a million different ways you can take this thing here tonight, and we will with you. So please subscribe if you are here. This is your exclusive year-round home for, for Padres content. Exclusive year-round, in-season, out-of-season. We have shows for you essentially every day during the season and often throughout the off-season as well. So if you're here, please subscribe If you're here, we appreciate it. If you subscribe to our brand new John and Jim channel, you can click the link in the description down below. You can click on that. Please subscribe if you wouldn't mind to our brand new John and Jim channel, even more Padres content. Smash the like button for us if you're here tonight. Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. And thank you for the super chats. We really do appreciate them. Great way to support our work. You can click the dollar sign below the chat box. We'll get to every single super chat here tonight. Again, click the dollar sign below the chat box. If you want to become a member, You can click the join button down below. You'll get custom emojis and badges if you want to become a member. So, you know, where do you start 
with this. I think you start with Rich Hill, and after the top half of the first inning, you're like, well, this is not going to be the Padres' day. Um, he was lucky to get out of the first inning at three runs. Then you get one back in a Tatis, you know, epic home run into the upper deck and left. Okay, it's 3-1. And then you give three up, and you're like, game's over. It's 6-1. Padres haven't overcome a five-run deficit all year. Game's over. Then the Phillies stretch it out to 8-1. I think they had first and third nobody out after they led 8-1 in the third inning. Didn't score again. Still game's over. Um, but the Padres do chip away, and they get it to – what was it, 8-4, then the Phillies score on the Schwarber home run. It's 9-4. Then the Padres scratch across some runs, right? Hassan Kim had a big two-out hit in this game. I think that scored runs three and four. I mean, you watched this thing if you wanted to. You saw how it played out. And, you know, they put pressure on essentially every single inning against the Phillies' bullpen, and it felt as if they were going to break through. I mean, it really did. In that eighth inning, it looked like they were going to break through second and third after the double steal. Again, couldn't push across another run or two because of a ball that literally hit an umpire that bounded up to third and went by the third baseman and hit the umpire, preventing it from going into left field. And then ninth inning, it's like you can't ask for more than two on nobody out in a two-run game. And just, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, this is just really the story of the season. Um, as bad of a team as there's been in baseball history in one and two-run games. Right. As bad as a team as there's been in baseball history. So is there a luck element in there? Maybe, but they've created this luck. And at this point, they, they kind of, I think what we said yesterday was, listen, let's not get our hopes up, but there's like a mathematical path to put pressure on. And it was like, we kind of all agreed, go 20 and four. And we're like, well, that's kind of comical because they haven't won four in a row. But we're like, well, they've won three in a row. So, you know, go take this series against the Phillies at the worst. Take two out of three at the worst. Maybe sweep it, and then we can start having a conversation about, like, is there a path or not? And, of course, they come out flat because of Rich Hill in a game like this. And, again, if we said 20 and four yesterday, then I'm not going to change my tune. You're talking about, like, a 20 and three, 21 and two finish to potentially, by the way, have a shot. I mean, the thing's over. The thing's over. You know, there's no real mathematical chance of going 21 and two. Right. I mean, for a team that's nine games under 500, there's no real mathematical chance for going, you know, 22 and one when you've never had a stretch like that in the history of the franchise, you know, over the last 60 years. Fangraphs, to its credit, will not fully bury the Padres as of yet, who fall six and a half games out as they lost a game, I think, on two teams here today in the NL wildcard race for that final wildcard spot. Fangraphs right now gives the Padres a 0.9% chance of making the postseason. It seems high. What is that? One in 110, essentially. One in 110, one in 111. It seems high and would require potentially something like a 22 and one finish. And by the way, it doesn't guarantee a postseason spot because if one of those teams in front of you goes something like 16 and six, whatever it would be, 17 and seven, you're still on the outside looking in. So it's over. It's finished. You know, I was selling this bill of goods yesterday. Hey, you go seven and two over the next nine against the Phillies, Astros, Dodgers, which is like good luck, uh, even with a win tonight. I say, hey, you know, go seven and two. And then you have those final 15 games. Maybe you can catch lightning in a bottle, you know, go 12 and three. The thing's over. Let's just be honest with each other. It's just too flawed of a team, you know, for, for all of their positives. And there have been moments, there have been players, the Hassan Kams and the Blake Snells and the Josh Haters and the Joe Musgroves. I mean, it's not like the entire, and Juan Soto, right, who came into this game having homer in three consecutive games. It's not like the entire thing by all 
accounts has just been a complete train wreck. But you add it all up, and it's a complete train wreck. I mean, this is a team that is nine games under 500 right now. Can't win scoring seven runs at home. I mean, you got to win 99% of the time scoring seven runs at home at Peco, and they couldn't win scoring seven runs at home on 10 hits. And they allow 16 hits, and they just didn't do enough, even though they did a lot. They were four for 15 with men in scoring position. You're trying to score, you know, overcome a large deficit. It's like you gave yourself opportunities, and you go four of 15, four of 15 with men in scoring position. Like everything is against the wall. I, I Forget the cliches. It's just a fact. Like you're literally down to like the final game or two that you can lose. And this is the best you could do tonight. This is the best you could do in the eighth and the ninth inning. And you hate to put the entire season on an inning or a sequence or an at-bat because it's not the truth. I mean, they could have won this game 10-9. They could have come back from a seven-run deficit to win. For their first four-game winning streak of the season, it would have felt at the moment like they had a little bit of momentum. But at the end of the day, would it have really changed anything? They'd still be five and a half games out. And there'd still be 23 games to play. And they'd still need to go something like, you know, whatever the math would say, 19 and four to close. And they just haven't been that team. I mean, never under AJ Preller have they been a team capable of going, you know, playing 900 baseball over a month or 800 baseball. All right, let's get to some of these supers. Again, if you are here, please subscribe. If you are here, if you wouldn't mind clicking the link in the description down below and subscribing to our brand new John and Jim channel, um, really would appreciate it. Much more Padres content for you on that channel as well. We broadcast live three to six Pacific on our brand new John and Jim YouTube channel. So please join us over there as well. Let me get to the first super of the night from SJL Stevens. Thank you as always for your support, the membership, and for the super chat. We really do appreciate it. If you want to contribute with the super, click the dollar sign below the chat box. He said, if they had fought moderately all season like they did tonight, would we be in the postseason? That is a really fascinating and good question. I appreciate you mentioning that. You can look at it one of two ways. Yes, they showed more today than they have almost entirely this season in terms of dealing with adversity when trailing by multiple runs. However, the end result is the end result. And with their $253 million payroll and the Machados and the Sotas and the Tatises, it's like you lost the game. And for a moment, there were moments in which it looked as if they were doing everything in their power to win the game. And again, they kind of continue to just stub their toe in these situations. You know, if they had shown some of what they showed here tonight more often, I don't know if they're 74 and 65, to be honest with you, um, because they're 65 and 74 right now. With that being said, they're own 11 in extra innings. They're 6 and 22 in one-run games. I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, give them another. I mean, to your point, SJL Stevens, I mean, even just three wins right now, and they'd be three and a half games out. At least they'd be in a position where they're very much alive. So even just three wins in extra innings, um, you know, slim deficits late. I mean, three or four wins, and maybe that does change everything. It just feels historically awful the way they have played in close games this year. And the last four days are a perfect uh, indicator of it. They beat up with the Giants in four and five run games where they really weren't threatened, never trailed by more than a run. And then this has been the story of the Padres. Now, this isn't easy for anyone. I told you the teams are one and 374 this year when trailing by seven or more runs. So they went down 8 1. They're not going to win this game. Um, and they brought the tying run to the plate. They brought the go-ahead run to the plate in the ninth inning. And they had the go-ahead run at the plate in the eighth inning as well. 
So maybe it's a long way of me saying SJL Stevens, maybe if they had done this more often, they'd be in a position where they could at least be, you know, they could at least have a shot, I guess, potentially to get to the postseason. Um, but we'll never really know. We'll, we'll never really know what's gone wrong. And if there's any real reason why this even happened here tonight, where they got back into this game, was it happenstance, dumb luck? Or did they realize that this was like, hey, if we want to make the postseason and have any shot, like a one in 50 shot, we need to win this game. So let's put everything into it. I, I have no idea. I don't know what went into it. I do know that, um, you know, Philly starter Taiwan Walker really wasn't good. I thought they let him off the hook a little bit, and then their bullpen wasn't good. Um, Padres, after Rich Hill, you know, I thought that Waldron kept him in the game, even though he wasn't great. And then Tim Hill, Luis Garcia, Tom Cosgrove went the final three innings scoreless. So, you know, you kind of had a shot. But in the end, more of the same. A Padres loss in a close game. Um, Antonio, thank you for your super chat. Again, if you're here, please subscribe. If you're here, thank you for the supers. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box like Antonio, like SJL Stevens, and we'll get to all of your questions and comments with the Super Chats. He says, John, should I bother going to the game tomorrow? I'm not going to tell someone not to go to a Padres game. I'm not going to do that. Um, Padres fans have been incredibly loyal this year. Um, I think it's a big reason why that this team's been able to spend the way they've been able to spend is the support of the fan base to the organization. So I don't think you know boycotting or not showing up or putting your foot down is really proving any point. I'd go if I had a ticket tomorrow. I would go, um, you know. And I understand if if someone doesn't want to go because they've gone you know thirty, forty, fifty times this year. They're frustrated by what's happened here and the season's essentially over over for the Padres. But I don't think there's any reason not to go. You know, it'll be seventy five degree night, Padres Phillies. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't tell someone not to go. Now, would I go and then expect that all of a sudden it's going to start this run where they go 20 and three down the stretch? No, I would go and hope to have a good time and, you know, get a hot dog, even though I don't eat meat, uh, get a kombucha or a beer and just enjoy myself. But I mean, at this point, you can't expect anything other than who they've been, which is a team that's really struggled by and large all season. I mean, they're 20 and a half games. Good night, Kay. My wife's going to sleep. Um, they're 20 and a half games behind the LA Dodgers. 20 and a half. We still 20 something games to play. I mean, they could finish as far as 30 games out. Um, I guess conceivably they could finish fewer than 20 and a half games out, although that's hard for me to envision at this point. They're 20 and a half games behind the Dodgers. If not for the third wild card, this thing would have been over, you know, 10 more days ago, 15 more days ago. I mean, they're, they're nine and a half games behind the second wild card. That's the Cubs. They are, let me do the math here, 12 games behind the first wild card, the Phillies. They're 12 games behind the first wild card team. They're just not good. Now we can entertain ourselves with this wild card discussion because A, the National League is not as good as the American League when it comes to parity this year. And then secondarily, I mean, they're 65 and 74. In the history of baseball, nobody's any, anywhere near the postseason at 65 and 74, right? It takes a one in a hundred year type season to be anywhere close to a postseason at 65 and 74. Now, we might see more of it in the future with the three wild cards and teams getting in maybe with 81, 82 wins. I guess that's possible. It's not happening this year in the National League. You've got four teams right now fighting for the third spot third wild card 
And two of those teams are four games over 500 right now. There's no possible path for all four of those teams to finish under 500. That's like a one in 4,000 occurrence. There's a much more likely occurrence where one of those four teams finishes eight, nine, 10 games over 500. And at that point, you can't even get there from where you are, essentially. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, you can't even get there without a perfect finish, which is literally impossible and would take the longest winning streak in the history of baseball. You can't even get to that, you know, 87 and 75, 86 and 76, where someone like Arizona or Cincinnati or Miami or San Francisco still is at least capable of getting. And the Padres, unfortunately, aren't capable of getting there. So just frustrating to, again, a long-winded answer. Antonio, I'd go. I'd go. Again, I'm not going under the prospects of this team is going to make a a run to the postseason all of a sudden, but I'd go because it's going to be 75 degrees and you're a Padres fan. And what else are we doing on a Tuesday night? You know, that's the way that I look at it. Um, Antonio, thank you again for the super. And again, guys, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for the supers. Really do appreciate those. Just click the dollar sign below the chat box. He says, uh, I don't remember, but didn't Rich Hill beat the Padres? Why does everyone decline when they come here? Did Rich Hill, and I don't know, because the Pirates were really good against the uh, Padres this year. Um, and maybe someone will put it in the chat, but I'm looking it up, so I can't see the chat right now. His 2020 – my speculation is yes. Um, he is, gosh, his game logs are so crazy. Hold on. So in 2023, Rich Hill against the Padres went six innings, four runs on June 27th for a win. And then in San Diego on July 25th before the trade deadline – took a loss, although he went four and a third innings, allowed just two runs. So four and a third innings, two runs, and six innings, four runs in a win. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and and by the way, it's not like, it's really not personal with someone like Rich Hill. He didn't acquire himself. It's not his fault. He hasn't, you know, he's only somewhat accountable for the situation that he finds himself in with the Padres. The reason I say that is A.J. Preller acquired him. Um, you acquired a guy that was not having a good year, who's 43 years of age, and you're asking him, you're you're basically pitching him out of position. You're putting him in a pennant race, right? Quote, unquote, pennant race or whatever, wild card race, at least at the time, three weeks ago. And now you're trying to pitch him every fifth day because you don't have Joe Musgrove. Well, of course, they're, that's not a one-for-one flop. That doesn't make any sense. And then... You know, it's just been one thing after the next. He's just pitched really poorly. But what were we what were we really expecting from Rich Hill? If you're gonna lose Joe Musgrove and you Darvish and replace one or both of those players with Rich Hill, and I said at the day of the trade deadline when we found out about Joe Musgrove and we found out about Rich Hill, it just wasn't trending in the right direction. It's like you gotta win meaningful games without Joe Musgrove, and you're asking Rich Hill to be that guy. That's not fair to Rich Hill. Now, could he be better than he's been here with the Padres? Yeah, he's been awful obviously with the Padres, but it's not like Rich Hill is the reason why this team is nine games under 500. It's not like Joe Musgrove's health is the reason why this team is nine games under 500. Same thing with you Darvish. It's not like we can just use the excuse of, well, you Darvish has been shut down. And that's why this team is nine games under 500. It's all of it. It's the, you know, whatever, the sum of all parts essentially is why the Padres are here. But yeah, it's another wasted trade deadline. I mean, we can, We've had that conversation. We could look back and say, hold on, you held Snell and Hayter, Snell, who's now the front runner for National League Cy Young, and you moderately added 
under what thought process? Just because? Because you're going to draw 3 million fans? Because you're drawing towards an inside straight and you got one out card in the deck of 52? Because you don't want to wave the white flag publicly? Because you don't want to punt? I mean, I don't get it. And I didn't get it at the time. Um, And have they put themselves behind the eight ball for 2024 based on what they did at the trade deadline in 2023? You could argue it. You absolutely could. I don't know what they would have gotten for Blake Snell. I don't know what they would have gotten for Josh Hader. And I'm not saying the pieces they gave up for players like Scott Barlow and Rich Hill will define the franchise moving forward. But it felt like, you know, throwing darts at a board blindfolded a little bit with what they were trying to accomplish at the trade deadline. It's like, you got to know who you are. The New York Mets knew who they were. And they made decisions based on the team that they had on field. Um, teams that were legit contenders knew who they were. When you kind of, how do I want to put it? When you dip your toe in the water like that, you're never going to make a splash. It's never going to work. You, you, the Rich Hill, G-Man Choi, Scott Barlow, Garrett Cooper deadline for a team that's under 500 does not work. That is not going to be enough to light the match, right? Like it's pouring on your campfire. You got one match. Right. It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And that's played out here. And again, I'm not saying it's their fault. It's not. This was destined to go where it's gone well before Garrett Cooper ever stepped inside that Padres clubhouse. Same thing with Rich Hill. They swept the Texas Rangers. And for whatever reason, they threw caution to the wind and said, let's go find a way to get to the postseason where they were not the team that had shown any reason for us to believe that they were playoff caliber. So that's just the truth. Those are the facts. Unfortunately, they didn't follow that. And I don't know what it's going to mean for 2024, but I don't think there's anyone overly optimistic about the Padres' chances in 2024 as we sit here today. Not to say they'll be 65 and 74. Not to say they'll be the worst clutch hitting team in baseball history. Not to say they'll go 0-11, 0-11 next turn in games. And not to say that they're going to be 20 and a half games behind the Dodgers on September 4th. All of that could go better, and they could still be in a spot where they're just fighting to get into a postseason. That's very possible. And they have huge question marks hanging over next season. Blake Snell, Josh Hader, Juan Soto's impending free agency at the end of 2024, and much more than that. And just the general ineffectiveness of this roster, obviously, in 2023. What went wrong? Can it be fixed? Because a lot of these players aren't going anywhere. So why did it happen? Is it correctable? And what are the moves that can be made to put the Padres in a better position? And not just a better position, but a much better position because 65 and 74 is not overly close to the postseason. And there's not, you've heard me say this before, there's not a lot of 70 win teams. And they might be better than that in the end. They could be an 80 win team, but it'll be somewhere between. There are not a lot of, let's just say, 74 win teams that the next year are in a World Series. Again, it has happened. It's not impossible, but it's not something that happens often. It's just not something that happens often. You have Hassan Kim's pending free agency at the end of 2024. So you you got questions, as most teams do, good and bad. Um, so right now, I mean, you have to have one eye towards 2024 if you're A.J. Preller, presuming A.J. Preller is going to be here. You, you have to have an eye towards 2024. You could argue at this point you have to have two eyes towards 2024 oh by the way you get some awful news today about ethan salas 
who's going to miss the rest of the season, I think because of a knee. Do I have that right? Um, let me see real quick. But yeah, you're not going to see Salas again because according to Jeff Sanders of the UT, he's expected to be shut down for four weeks. That'll end the double A season. He's got a right knee sprain. So Ethan Salas, the you know huge prospect catcher that you're banking on, you know, the way the Padres are promoting this player, they're banking on him potentially to, you know, make a major league debut at some point in 2024 or 2025. You know, they pushed him up to double A. We thought it was aggressive. He made just nine appearances in double A and hit 179 with a 517 OPS. So for whatever reason, they had this really strong desire to move their top position player prospect, maybe other than Jackson Merrill, to double A as a 17-year-old. I didn't understand it. I said it the day of the move. What's the hurry? What's the rush? He's not helping you in 2024, even if he cracks the big leagues. He's not going to make any discernible difference for you, and there's a very good chance he doesn't make any discernible difference for you in the big leagues in 2025 as a 19-year-old. So I didn't understand the rush. Not to say he couldn't have gotten hurt elsewhere. Maybe the right knee sprain was something he was dealing with or inevitable. But now you're not going to see Salas again. He ends the season on a bit of a down note, right? 179 in nine games in double A. Overall, a very productive season. Let me see. What is his overall season? Um, let me see his combined 2023 numbers. Combined 2023 numbers. You know, for all the excitement and hype. And again, remember he's only 17 years of age. So this alone is impressive because he's 17. Hit 248. Solid for a catcher. Got on base with a 331 clip. Solid when you hit 248. Slugging was 421. Not a big number, but not a ridiculously low number either. For an OPS of 752, which again, overall, you know, you look at a 752 OPS, that would be like Manny Machado's OPS this year in the big leagues. I think I probably have that right. Um, but this is a 17-year-old playing at multiple levels in the minor leagues. Typically, you know, it's not as conducive to hitting although he did play in the Cal League didn't he yeah he had 48 games in the Cal League which is a good hitters league had an 837 OPS in the Cal League and then once he left the Cal League his OPS was 500 that was small sample size 70 plate appearances 18 games between Fort Wayne and San Antonio I just don't understand the rush but yeah Manny Machado's got a 770 OPS and everyone's pretending like he's had the worst season in baseball history Ethan Salas had a 752 this year in the minor leagues. Now, what's impressive is he's 17 and he's calling games. And, you know, there are a lot of there's a lot in there. It's hard to be a 17-year-old starting as a catcher in advanced day or double A. That does not happen every single day. I just felt as if they didn't necessarily have to, you know, rush the situation the way they've done here with Salas. We'll see if it has any impact or not. Heading into 2024, hopefully that knee um, is healthy heading into 2024 as well. Um, thank you again, Antonio, for your super chat, guys. If you're here, subscribe. If you are here, thank you for the supers. Click the dollar sign below the chat box. I will get to every single super here tonight. It's a great way to support our work. If you want to become a member, you get emojis and badges. Click the join button down below. Antonio says, I don't want to see Preller go, but maybe a demotion. Would any GM, president of baseball operations, be cool with that? Well, no, he wouldn't be cool with it. I guess technically since he doesn't work for himself, he wouldn't really have a choice potentially if that's what the organization decided to do with him. I just do not see it. I just do not see it. They've promoted him. They've extended him through 2026. You know, if anything, I could see a world in which they hire a general manager under AJ Preller, but we would all just say, well, isn't that just another yes man for Preller? And does that really change anything about the direction 
of the organization if you hire a GM under AJ Preller. So I think that's at least possible. I'd like to see it come from outside the organization. It would make literally no sense if it came from inside the organization. But no, I don't I don't think a demotion is coming. I think he either retains his position, which I think is very likely at this point, based on what Peter Seidler told Kevin AC about two months ago. So I think he either is retained or he's let go. Obviously, being retained is more likely than being let go. But to be demoted based on what's happened here this season, I don't really know what role he would even assume in a demotion. Scouting director? That's not happening. A.J. Preller's not being demoted within the Padres organization. He will either be retained or he will be fired at some point. I just don't see a demotion coming. But Antonio, good question. Thanks for the interaction again. Uh, Richard, thanks, man. He always says Dodger fan here. Uh, keep going to Petco. Enjoy your family. Support your Padres. That's what fans do. You stick with them through the good and the bad. And Padres fans have been amazing. I mean, even today, Labor Day, this team is so far out of it. Announced attendance, 39,719. I mean, the Padres fall out of bed at 40,000. And they're still going to have some big crowds over the final, whatever it is, nine or ten home games of the year. There's still some weekend games to come. Um, there's no reason to think the next couple of days won't be a, a decent draw for the Padres either. I don't know what the giveaways look like, right? There's a Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead giveaway coming at some point soon. So, you know, there's not going to be a night where there's 16,000 people there. There's not going to be a night where there's 26,000 people there. Could there be a night in the 30s? Yeah, absolutely. You know, tonight was high 30s. Could there be a night in the low 30s? Potentially. Maybe those Wednesday day games. Yeah, I think it's a possibility, but... You know, outside of that, Padres fans have been loyal. I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's incredibly impressive to be where they are in the attendance. Um, rankings and standings, considering this team is 65 and 74, and there's a lot of teams around baseball. If they were 65 and 74, they would not be drawn like the Padres. And that includes the New York Yankees, and that includes the LA Dodgers in all likelihood. Um, that includes the San Francisco Giants, right? That includes most teams in baseball. If you're 65 and 74, you're not drawn 3.2 million fans you're just not i'm going to tell you about our title sponsor mark nimitz in a moment before i do that again if you want to get your supers in i'm going to get to all of them thank you guys for your support click the dollar sign below the chat box like antonio and richard and steven and sjl stevens have here tonight click that dollar sign below the chat box we'll get to all of these uh steven thank you he says bring in theo epstein and we've had these conversations about theo i think one of the issues is this job isn't as desirable as some people believe it is, in my estimation. And the reason I say that is because of what's tied up in payroll, $180 million maybe for 2024, and also because of the turnover at the managerial position. They have not been able to retain their manager. They have not been consistent right on field. They'll have a good year, then a bad year. That's happened a lot under A.J. Preller. So... You know, you want basically the best possible situation if you're someone like Theo Epstein because you're trying to win a World Series with another team. And you have to ask yourself, is this the organization right now that you could have the most success with? It's not that it's a complete and utter failure and there's no chance to navigate this thing. It's just for me, it's tough to really make the changes that are necessary with the payroll lacking flexibility. And then you got a manager situation. Is Bob Melvin back or not? If you don't retain Bob Melvin. Is it a good job for the next manager? Are you going to be able to get the pick of the litter um, for that position with prospective managers? You, you get my point. So it's like, is it impossible to envision Theo Epstein? I'm not saying it's impossible. I find it hard to envision. 
Um, would it happen, you know, before 2024? Again, you'd have to have perfect timing, perfect situation. And I find it a little hard to believe that that's going to work out for the Padres with Theo Epstein. That's how I look at it. Um, okay. While we have a moment, guys, I do want to remind you about our title sponsor here on the wrap-up show. That is our good friend, of course, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. If you have auto, home, renter's life, earthquake insurance, or or any insurance needs, you got to go get in contact with Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. I've had a homeowner's life insurance and earthquake policy through Mark for the better part of the last two years. Picked up that life insurance policy at some point, maybe in December of 2022 or January of this year. And Mark is a native San Diegan and a huge Padres fan. And I have not made a better decision with insurance than going with Mark. He's got great service and communication. He has saved us hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You could actually say thousands and thousands because we had a flood and got all new flooring in here. And when we filed a claim through Mark, he took care of everything and made the process so simple and easy. He saved us, I have no idea how much time, probably dozens of hours and thousands of dollars. So dozens of hours and thousands of dollars. Who wouldn't want that? In an insurance agent who's a Padres fan, native San Diegan, you can click the link in the description down below to get to Mark's website and get a quote online for free. You can call Mark. I'll talk to you about the Padres, get a free quote from Mark, whatever it is, auto, business, earthquake, whatever your insurance need is, get in contact with the title sponsor, Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance. And thank you for your support of our title sponsor. Um, okay. I want to get, you know, I'm, I always love when you guys help me out with the content. I really do. So keep the comments coming, whether they're super chats or not, and I'll get to a super in a moment. And if you're here, please subscribe. Also, if you're here, please subscribe to our brand new channel. The way to do that, click the link in the description down below. You'll get to the John and Jim YouTube channel. Just subscribe if you wouldn't mind. We have much more content for you, Padres related over at John and Jim every single weekday from three to six Pacific. So, all right. I appreciate it. Jay Quadra. Thank you for hanging out. He says, John, you are the so negative. I guess he's saying you're so negative about the Padres that maybe you should do radio in Oakland and see what a shit organization looks like. I'm going to put a poll right now. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think most people disagree with you. They really do. I'm going to put a poll in the chat. Not is John, am I negative or is this who the Padres are? And if I'm, if I was saying anything else, you'd say I was biased, right? So hold on, let me, uh, let me start this poll and you guys can interact. You can, you can say, yes, um, I'm negative. Jay Quadra. I mean, I don't think most people agree with you. I really don't. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I'm being nothing but honest. I mean, what could you possibly say about a team that came in with World Series aspirations that went to the National League Championship Series last year that's 65 and 74 this year? How can you possibly spin that as anything other than negative if you're being unbiased and being credible, right? I mean, I'm not going to do a disservice to the people that are here. This isn't the rah-rah channel. This isn't the, you know, I mean, right? That, that's not what this is. If you're looking for that, it exists, obviously, on radio. It exists on YouTube. If you're looking for myself, Jim as well, wherever the hell Jim is. He's in Philadelphia eating Wawa and Tasty Cakes. He'll be back at some point, presumably, if he's going to come back to San Diego. Um, we are nothing but honest. 
we're nothing but honest. I think that's how we've established this um, this loyal you know core of listeners and viewers on the radio and on the wrap up show. And I think people prefer the honesty. A year ago, when they were in the NLCS, we told you about all the great things that were happening in the National League Championship Series. We also told you about the things that didn't go so well, like some of the in-game decision-making from the manager, Bob Melvin. Uh, this year, we've told you how it is, and how it is is unacceptable. And if you're willing to accept this as, ah, it's all right, it happens, it's baseball, one of those years, then you're doing a disservice to yourself. You really are. You really are. This should not be acceptable. Um, the organization should be aware of that from the Padres fan base. And I'm not saying by not going because you've been here today. I'm not telling anyone not to go to games. But what has happened here this year should lead to a top-down evaluation of everyone in the organization, on-field and off-field. Simple as that. Because that's what any other organization in this sport would do with the World Series aspiration. It fell on its face. The Mets have done it. It changed everything with their organization in the last 30 days. Why aren't the Padres doing it? And they will, by the way. I think they will absolutely do that at some point. Again, I, I respect it. If, if you want the rah-rah, I love this team, they're my favorite team in all the sports, that's fine. I'm not saying don't be a fan. I'm not saying don't love this team. But if you want an unbiased critique of what's going on on the field, that's why people come here live and on replay every single day, in my opinion. And if you disagree, then that's why I put the poll up. Put the poll up for you. Let's see what the poll says. Uh, the poll is John negative about the Padres with 52 votes, 85% say no. Um, and obviously, I mean, honestly, I was going to say Jim is probably more critical, right, of the Padres than I am. So if you're here tonight saying that I'm being critical when the Padres trailed 8-1 with Rich Hill in the mound to fall nine games under 500 and six and a half games out of the final wildcard spot in the National League, um, I don't know what else to say, really. Um, other than the season is over, unfortunately. And now we need to figure out what went wrong and how to get it fixed for 2024. And if the Padres aren't going to do it, then we're going to do it. All these fans, all these listeners, all these viewers, we're going to try to figure this thing out one way or another. So sorry for the rant. Appreciate the comment. Um, great way to uh, create some content, to be honest. And again, I, you know, not, not to go down that, that path fully, um, you know, for the next 30 minutes because we don't need to do it. But I do think that what we try to accomplish day in and day out, myself and Jim, is a little bit unique to the Padres, right? I'm not saying it maybe I'm not saying it's entirely unique. I'm not saying we, we're doing something that's unheard of. If you follow sports, you know, this type of critique of a of a team is pretty much commonplace. I don't know if you get this level of critique of the Padres everywhere you turn, is my point, in San Diego. Hence the fact that we do it. That's the whole point. We're not trying to be anyone other than ourselves, and we're not trying to do anything other than be honest with Padres fans that deserve that, in my opinion, with the amount of time that they consume on this franchise when things are good and or when things are bad. And unfortunately, under A.J. Preller, there have been a lot of bad seasons, not all of them, including last year which is very good, but it's tough to see the forest through the trees when you're in something like this in 2023. All right. I think I've missed a couple of supers, including this one from Antonio. Thank you, Antonio. Appreciate it. Um, this isn't happening. This isn't happening because it would be one or the other. Thank you again for the super a team of AJ and Theo would be chef's kiss. Would it though? I mean, 
would is that you wouldn't want that. I mean, if Theo's here, he runs the organization and brings in an entirely new front office. Okay. And if AJ's here, he's not working for Theo or vice versa. Presumably. I don't see how that would work. AJ won't be demoted to allow Theo Epstein to come here, would he? I mean, that's just I just don't see it. You have one or the other, not both, and potentially neither, right? If they move on from AJ Fuller at some point and you don't bring in Theo Epstein. So yeah, in like a hypothetical or theoretical, you'd be like, oh wow, cool idea. What would that potentially lead to? But it doesn't typically work like that in baseball. There are organizations, of course, with um, you know, those that oversee baseball ops and then general managers as well. There's a number of organizations that run like that, not the Padres currently. I just would be surprised to see that happen with Keller underneath someone. And certainly Theo Epstein will be below no one within an organization on the baseball operations side. That's the way I look at it. Um, but again, I like, I like it in theory, theoretically. I do. I really do. Um, what else in this game? I mean, I feel like there's so much to get to and you kind of put the final nail in this season. And I don't know if this is the, the final nail was probably put in a, a while ago. Honestly, um, we could fool ourselves with the math and talk about the path that they may or may not have if everything went perfectly right. But you basically are playing out the string in September, playing out the string in September. These next eight games aren't easy. Phillies, Astros, Dodgers. I think most would prefer that they fight in the final 20-something games as opposed to just roll over like they did in 2019 and 2021. I kind of sold this idea that, hey, just go lose. You could end up with a higher draft pick. That's of benefit to the organization. But truthfully, what, what does that even mean? If I'm telling people, hey, go to the game, why would I be saying, hey, Padres, go you know, punt on these games? You know, If nothing else, hopefully they play half decent. If not, maybe they're still capable of doing something they haven't done like winning four games in a row and at least for a day giving us some semblance of, hey, look, they're five games out with 10 to play. Could they do it? You know, and again, that would be incredibly difficult to do. But I mean, are they really going to go a full year without winning four straight? At this point, it's possible. They're 0-8 riding a three-game winning streak this year. 0-8 when riding a three-game winning streak. Isn't that just, that's hard to do. Just like it's hard to go 0-11 in extra innings or six and 22 in one run games or over in your last eight games decided by one or two runs. Is my mic going in now? Sounds good. Over. Uh, it might be my mic. Could be my mic. Guys, is my mic going in in that or not? Or sound going in now? Could be my internet too. I think my internet's all right though. Someone comment in addition to uh, AB, how the sound is. It's going in now? Hmm. Hold on. That's fine in my ears. It was in and out. How about now? It's like a Verizon ad. I mean, you're all still here, so it can't be that horrific. Get closer to the... Yeah, I wonder if it is... All right. Jay Quadras is fine. And Jay Quadras, by the way, that's that that was not um that was not me going at you personally, by the way. There's a lot of people that feel that same way. We've gotten that comment throughout the course of the year 
Um, we have other people say, why aren't you crit more critical? That happens all the time. Anyone that's been here for a long time knows that. I'm just trying to lay it out from our perspective in terms of what we're trying to accomplish and what we th think Padres fans want. And what we think Padres fans want and what we want to deliver, maybe more importantly, is just an honest critique of the San Diego Padres. And that might not be everyone's cup of tea, and that's okay. And I'm fine with criticism of myself and Jim and our show, just like I'm fine to dole out criticism of the Padres all the time. So I, again, we get it both ways. It's funny. It's like I was watching a college football game tonight, um, Duke Clemson. And then one of the play by play guys followed up with a tweet that's, that had like people tagging him, like you're such a Clemson Homer. And then other people were tagging him. You're such a Duke Homer. Like, you know, it's hard. You, you're trying to, it's a balancing act. And there's going to be some people say, you guys are not nearly as critical as you should be. And other people are, that say, how dare you criticize the San Diego Padres the way you've criticized the Padres. So anyway, just kind of behind the scenes from our perspective. Okay, while we have a moment, hopefully my mic is working. I do want to remind you about our friends over at Aura, O-R-A dot organic, great company. They really are, their co-founder Will is a huge Padres fan, a native San Diego is a plant-based nutritional company. And they've got great products for anyone that's trying to get healthier. I know a lot of you probably are, including myself. They have a probiotic that I've taken every day for over a year. It's an amazing product for digestion, heart health, mental clarity, and much, much more. There's a million reasons to take a probiotic. If you want one, take it from our friends at Aura. They also have pre-workout supplements, proteins for after-workouts. They have omega-3 oils. If you're taking a fish oil, you should take the omega-3 oil from our friends over at Aura. They have sleep pills, immunity pills, much, much more. Shop right now at ORA.organic or click the link in the description down below. Again, ORA.organic. They've got a Labor Day sale that's going on right now, by the way, 15% off subscriptions. I have a subscription for the probiotic. It comes every single month. You save money on subscriptions. You can take another 15% off subscriptions right now with promo code LABORDAY23. It's on their website as well at the top. Promo code LABORDAY23, 15% off subscriptions. That is going on right now, tonight. So take advantage of that. Again, Will, thank you for your support of our channel and for our listeners and viewers. If you're looking to get healthier, click the link in the description down below or go to ORA.organic. Um, I didn't see any, you know, I was, or a couple things. I didn't see any post-game um, quotes, but I wanted to, I saw a post-game article from Kevin Acey. I was looking for some quotes. I think some people said post-game that Melvin kind of sounded defeated, um, which makes sense. This was a tough game. It was a very long game. They battled, Chase Tingler word. Um, this was Melvin post-game. To be able to come back, put ourselves in a situation like that, a lot of fight. But at this point in time, there's really not any moral victories, which is what I tweet that I sent out um, for tonight's show. There's just nothing related to a moral victory. You know, maybe you have a moral victory if you're heading to the postseason occasionally in a game, but this team, you can't look at it that way. Manny Machado quote is saying, tough times, a tough year, but you've just got to continue battling. We've still got a shot, and we're going to go out there and show up every night. No, you don't. I mean, Fangraphs gives you a 0.9% chance, so you don't have a shot anymore other than like a blue moon, you know, lottery lottery ticket shot. Uh, Rich Hill, terrible outing tonight. Put the guys in an awful position. The way we were swinging the bats tonight, too, is great. But coming out and giving up six runs is just – it's poor, very poor. So that was Rich Hill. 
Um, let me see if there's any additional. Um, Tatis saying that that ball that hit the umpire on the double steal, if it didn't hit the umpire, would have been a tie game. He says two runs would have scored on that. It would have been a tie game as easy as possible. That's the, And that, again, maybe that is. Maybe there is some luck in here. You know, Jim always jokes about this isn't luck. They're just, you know, they don't create their own luck. They're bad. They're unlucky because they're not good. But come on, own 11 and extras and a ball hits an umpire that could have tied the game up when you trailed 8-1? You tell me. I mean, what is that? And then Garrett Cooper, I think after coming off a three-game winning streak, I think you just saw a team that's battling to the end. The standings are the standings. You're just trying to come in and win the day. The fight is still there. So I don't know what to make of those comments. I mean, what else are they supposed to say? Hey, the season's over. You know, I don't think that's what they're going to say. Um, they're not in the business of saying that. They're professionals. They should believe that they have a shot until they mathematically don't have a shot. But, you know, you can say anything you want at this point. Unfortunately, you need to win games like today. And you say, what do you mean you have to win games like today? You trailed 8-1. Yeah, but when you bring the go-ahead run to the plate in the 8th and ninth inning, trailing 8-1, that's the moment and game we've been waiting for all year. That one swing to you know, put the Padres in a position to win four consecutive games and do it while overcoming a seven-run deficit, they would have momentum then. And I'm not saying we think they're going to the postseason if that would have happened here today, but at least they would have kept their chances alive. And all of a sudden, we would have been talking about like a perfect homestand. Not perfect. They lost game one to the Giants, but they would have had a four-game winning streak, two more against the Phillies. Can they finish the homestand six and one? Can they pull it within, you know, four or four and a half games of a wild card spot? Is it? I know it's unlikely, possible. This was the night we waited for, but they didn't come up with the hit that we've been waiting for all year. I mean, they, they've walked off what one time, Hassan Kim, back in April when San Diego State was in like the national championship game or the final four. That was forever ago. That, like how many marquee memorable moments have there been at Petco Park this year? There have been a few, but no more than that. I mean, literally a few, but no more than that. And again, we always talk about the one step forward, two steps back. And I don't know what this is coming off three consecutive wins, but it's a it's a step back. You can add in like that from Rich Hill, and then you actually show up offensively and can't finish the job again because they consistently fail to come through in the clutch and deliver time and time again in those spots. It's just demoralizing. Is this right, Rich? So they had the Hassan Kim. Have they been walked off 12 times, Rich? In extras, makes sense on the road. That's half of them. And they've been walked off in the ninth another handful of times? 12 times? That's not That's not a good ratio. That is not a good ratio. That's a terrible ratio. And supports where they are in the standings, which is 20 games out, six and a half games out of a playoff spot. And uh, nine games under 500. Nine games under 500. They were 11 a couple of days ago. But yeah, nine games under 500 right now. Is it still 23 to play? I think it's 23 to play. So like, let, let's just go through this exercise. That for the Padres to finish at 500, they will need to go 16 and 7. To finish over 500, they will need to go 17 and 6. They just haven't done it. They just haven't done that all year long. Are they going to do it right now with the pressure off? That was our theory yesterday when they'd won a third consecutive game. It's like, well, now you do it with the season essentially over. Thank you, Rich. He says the 
12 times the Padres have been walked off as the most in Major League Baseball. Makes sense. I mean, 12 out of what? 70 or less? Because they still have, what, 10, 11, 12 road games presumably remaining. 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever it is. The 12 of 70 or 12 of 68, 69, they've been walked off. That's wild. That is truly wild. And, you know, at at this point, you know, you do kind of wonder, are they going to, have a worse year than the team like the Nationals that they traded with last year for Juan Soto, a team like the Mets that sold off at the trade deadline when the Padres didn't, a team like the Pirates that has been awful since about the first four season other than against the Padres this year. They're, I think, 5-1 and one against the Padres. So, And by the way, what does 500 even mean? I've, I've said this repeatedly. Are we really going to be that optimistic about 2024 if the Padres finish 2023 on a run? You're just going to be like, where were you for the first five months of the season? I think is what people are going to say. So there's no real win here. There's no winning and losing over the next you know, 23 games. I don't think there's a lot of winning and winning. It's not like all of a sudden you go 17 and 6 and, and get to 82 and 80 and you feel great about your season. Maybe you feel decent about the way you finished and the fact that you didn't quit on the season, but I, I don't think any of it is of any value heading into 2024 unless you somehow find your way into the postseason, which becomes increasingly more unlikely with every single passing day. And now even Fangraphs kind of seeing what we've all been seeing for for weeks and weeks, if not even months, giving the Padres literally a 0.9% chance. Because the problem right now, their elimination number 17, any combination of Padres losses, 17 is a big number, you might say. Well, hold on. 17. They only have 20-something games left. Can they stave off elimination? Well, the elimination number coming into today was 19. It went down two in a day. But the issue is any time the top wildcard team for that third spot wins, that elimination number is going down. And there's multiple teams as we sit here today sitting in a virtual tie for that top spot. So if either of those two teams wins tomorrow, that number goes down even if you win. It goes from 17 to 16. Anytime you lose from here on out, and again, assuming you don't go 23 and 0, you know, even if you lost just five times from here on out, that elimination number goes from 17 down to 12. And then if the teams in front of you, right, go 12 and 11 to finish, not exactly some earth shattering close, well, then you've been eliminated. So that, that's how challenging it is, unfortunately, at this point. Unfortunately, it really is. Um, okay, let me remind you guys about our um, over here in the Rapid Tree. You know, football, believe it or not, we know about college football, obviously, is here. It's incredible to think that the NFL is kicking off three days, and the place to play fantasy sports is with our friends at Underdog Fantasy. This is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and you want to do the NFL kicking off on Thursday. It's the promo code PODRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. You're getting a 100% deposit match up to $100. You don't have to deposit $100. You can deposit $10 and you get the match by using promo code PODSWRAP. That's P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. Here's the thing with their drafts. They're so simple and easy. You can draft yourself or auto-draft. Then Underdog takes care of everything. They do the waivers. There are no waivers. Excuse me. There are no trades. And they set your lineup. They've got drafts going on right now for NFL contests starting at $3 per draft. They've got... These other events going on, Best Ball Mania, weekly winners. Best Ball Mania, you can win $15 million in prizes. You heard me right, part of $15 million in prizes. They have MLB drafts going on right now starting at $3. 
per draft for tomorrow's MLB action. Then they have the Pickums, and they've got this great offer going on right now. If you sign up at underdogfancy.com or in the Underdog Fancy app, they're giving you a Pickum because they have Patrick Mahomes higher or lower than a half yard passing in the game. I'll take higher. He's going to have more than a half yard passing for Kansas City on Thursday night. You can pair that with another NFL play or MLB play, and you're good to go, and you can win. Simple, higher or lower. Uh, Let's find here. I will pair that with Jalen Hurts going higher than 41.5 rushing yards. $40 wager pays 120 on that. They're giving you half the wager. They're giving you half of it with Patrick Mahomes. So sign up right now, underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code PADSWRAP, P-A-D-S-W-R-A-P. You'll get that 100%. This wasn't even on the screen. I apologize. But um, you'll get that 100% deposit match up to $100, underdogfantasy.com. You can see it right now on the screen that they're giving you Patrick Mahomes higher than a half total yard for Thursday. So sign up while you have a chance for Thursday night. Um, okay here. Yeah, this is a big game, Stephen. We're going to be on the call Thursday. Lincoln, modern day, myself and Jonathan Rifkin will be on the call in your view Thursday night. I got some prep to do. I got some prep to do for that. I really do. Um, but it's also a big one in the NFL. You could say Detroit, Kansas City. It's pretty, pretty big deal too. Pretty big. Um, yeah, you're going to take under a half yard passing from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's a good Detroit defense, isn't it? Good Detroit defense. Um, and to Rome loves uh, Dan's point. Yeah, NFL. Yeah, this is a, a Padres channel. It is. Um, all right, guys, join us tomorrow on the radio. San Diego Sports 760 from 3 to 6. John and Jim broadcasting live, talking about Labor Day weekend and looking ahead to game two against the Phillies. Um, Also join us tomorrow night for a wrap-up show. We will have it for you tomorrow night. Phillies-Padres game two. That pitching matchup tomorrow down at Petco Park is Pedro Avila, who's been good. Uh, Not perfect, but he's been good. 0-2 with a 2.67. He's going to face Michael Lorenzen, who threw that no-hitter. One of his first outings, I think, with the Phillies earlier um, this August, right? And he's had a nice year, 8-8 with a 3.73 ERA. So the right-hander Lorenzen, the right-hander Avila, that is game two. Three, by the way, Wednesday at 1 and before the Padres have Thursday off. They'll be in Houston over the weekend, then at Dodger Stadium next week as we have begun the stretch run for the Padres who needed to win a game like they lost today. Needed to win a game like this with all the odds against them, trailing by a lot of runs, not having late deficits. Just if they could have walked off, right? I mean, what would you be thinking right now? You wouldn't be thinking, hey, here comes a World Series winner, but you'd be thinking, have they finally decided to show up? Will it be too little too late? But at least they're putting some pressure on some teams in front of them. Let's see if they can doing this against the Phillies. And right now, who knows what they're even playing for, but it's a close for anything. you got to win the next couple of days against the Phillies before you head to Houston on Friday night. Um, guys, seriously, thank you um, for hanging out tonight. One Calf Scout, Rome Loves Dan, Maria, Chad. i got to get the mic fixed. I'll listen back. I don't know what the deal is. The way I have a stand, hold on. My bad.
<laughs> Hopefully. I got to figure out what the deal with the mic is. How long has it been going on? You guys that are here every single night, has this been going on? I feel like I might have heard it um, within the last couple of days. Maybe it's just the mic. Loose wire, Rich says. Does it sound better now or no? <laughs> exactly. Can you hear me now? Okay, off and on today. James saying just today. Now it's good now. I'll, like you said, like a Nintendo cartridge. I'll figure it out. I mean, we've been using this thing for every day for about, what, over two years at this point? This, um, what is this? Blue Yeti mic? I don't, I'm not going to buy a new mic, am I, guys? I'll just check on the cord. Maybe I'll get a new cord for it. Um, I've, okay, Rome Love Stan had good sound. Okay, just tonight, Rich is saying. Rich is here every single night. Is it really worse right now? Rich, but is it really worse right now, guys? I need to know. It's Jim's fault, like YouTube said. It's Jim's fault. Um, okay, I'll listen back. I'll listen back. I'll watch back. Thank you, Jay Quadra. Dude, I'm with you, man. I'm 43. I'd like to see that. I'm with you. I appreciate you saying that. Seriously, we'd all like to see that. I'm on board with that 100%. 100%. Um, okay, cool. It's not worse now. You guys are just messing with me. Um, okay, appreciate it. Seriously, guys, fun hanging out. Unfortunately, didn't go the way we'd hoped it would go, especially late with that comeback for the Padres. We'll see what the next couple of days have in store for the Padres. If you're here, please subscribe. Really do appreciate the subscriptions. Really would appreciate it if you subscribe to our brand new John and Jim channel. Again, we'll be broadcasting live tomorrow, John and Jim from three to six. Click that link in the description down below. Uh, smash the like button for me. Follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Um, in addition to that, thank you for those that are here on replay. Thank you for the super thanks. And again, please support our partners, whether it's Mark Nimitz at Farmers Insurance, our title sponsor. If you have an insurance need, Mark is your guy. Click that link in the description down below. Aura, if you're looking to get healthier, ORA.organic. Click the link in the description down below for Aura. They have that Labor Day sale going on right now. And Underdog Fantasy, when the NFL kicks off in three days, use promo code PODSRAP, P-A-B-S-W-R-A-P. You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Again, 100% deposit match up to $100. Dollars. I'm not going to take this as a compliment, but thank you, HW, for hanging out. Until tomorrow night, until tomorrow afternoon on John and Jim, my name is John Schaefer. Padres fall today to the Phillies 9-7, and you've been watching the wrap-up show. Thanks, guys.